Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions on social, but we love being on TikTok. So find us on TikTok at Detail Supply App, or best way to get in touch, shoot me a text directly, 918-800-1188. I'm joined today by, well, Jace, listen, man, I, I've seen you around as far as photos, and uh, like I sent you in the DM, we've heard a lot of good things about your product. So, man, I'm really excited to get to know you uh, as, a, as a human, you know, as a person, as a detailer, yeah. uh-huh. kind of learn about your story. Um, and uh, so Jace, uh, Jace can be found on most platforms as the last detail NV. I think you said the best way to get in touch with you is through Facebook or sending you an email. What's, what's the best email for people? Yeah, so email would be sales as a S-A-L-E-S at the last detail NV. Yeah, I started in Nevada. So it's NV.com. Uh, okay, appreciate it. All right, so tonight, uh, this is the community pub. And I am on water duty, so I'm uh, drinking a Truly tonight. Uh, <laughs> it is awfully hot here in Oklahoma, and I might have drank a little too much this past weekend when we had this thing called the Tulsa Tough. And uh, it's a national bike race that, that comes through Tulsa, and they go up this thing called Crybaby Hill, and we just have thousands and thousands of people that are out there cheering them on, partying, and you know, because it's a steep climb. And uh, hmm. boy, Monday, Tuesday, when it get 100, 104, 105, Oh man, it yesterday was pretty rough for me. So uh, I'm yeah. on water duty, uh, but I'm gonna <laughs> sneak in a uh, a nice truly because I consider that still water, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, what's everybody else drinking? Work. Anybody else drinking tonight? Wes, Thank what do you got? Oh, I'm uh, kind of with you, just Coke Zero. Nice. I saw Cody hold, holding one up. Some Miller Lite tonight. Nothing special. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's all good. I don't know what that is. Uh, launch IPA. It's the same people that made the OJ on parole. Oh, yeah. OJ on parole. I still think that's hilarious. <laughs> I swear, I think the Ford, when they come out, you know, they're supposedly supposed to be coming out with that new Bronco finally. And uh, they got to come out with an all white one. I mean, they just have to. But I don't think they will. Definitely not. Dustin, man, good to see you. What's up, guys? All right. Let's dive in, Jace, man. I'm, I'm really curious to know your story. You know, where'd you grow up? Uh, uh, you know, where are you from? Let's start with some of the basics. Yeah, so I was I was born in New York, but my parents are from, from, from the Caribbean. So I'm, my mom is from Antigua, my dad is from St. Lucia, but they were both living in Antigua. So, so I was born in New York, but I was raised in the Caribbean. So I lived in Antigua for 17 years uh geez uh, why'd you ever leave yeah just just like everything else man like like yeah it was cool living on the island but it really got to a point where i was just ready to expand and do something different you know see the world really so i decided to join the air force you know at that time so i was like 18 years and some months uh when i joined the air force and and now i'm a little bit over 18 years in so So well, dude, uh, man, thank you so much for your service and what you're doing. Uh, I think it was support. What um what was it like growing up in uh, 
over there in the islands. I mean, because I, you know, I'm I'm an island boy myself in the middle of Oklahoma. Uh, Uh, So you know, we have a different type of lifestyle here than most people don't know. So curious uh, what the uh, lifestyle was growing up there. It's it's paradise, man. You know, it's 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 still like. So's Oklahoma. Oklahoma's paradise, (laughs) man. It's it's so beautiful, amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's paradise, man. I mean, basically, my parents, uh, their home uh, was right underwater, really. So, I mean, I would get up in the morning and my room faced the ocean. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was pretty cool. But, you know, just like, like it, it just became, you know, a, a normal thing for me. So, just like anyone who lives there. Yeah. Yes, we appreciate it, but there's nothing, you know, crazy or overly special after that, that much time. Did you get uh, into water sports? I mean, you ever, I'm a, you know, we'd like to scuba dive here in Oklahoma. We got really clean water in our lakes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I do love to dive and I, I'll, I go as often as I can when I go to the ocean. They, they got uh-huh. a little bit clearer water than we do. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we did a little bit of uh, water sports and nothing, nothing too crazy. I was, I was more of a homebody than, than, you know, out in the ocean type deal. I mean, we went to the beach quite a bit, but yeah, I wasn't really always at the beach, you know, doing right. stuff. Just it was it was there, but you know, we had we had other options as well, you know. All right, so do you make a really great Caribbean jerk chicken or what? Uh, well, yeah, I, well, I, I cook once in a while, once in a while. Yeah, I, I haven't really messed with the jerk chicken personally. Oh. But yeah, I do some other like Caribbean, <laughs> you know, dishes. But but jerk is mainly seasoning. So if you have the have the seasoning for jerk, then then you can make some really good jerk chicken. Yeah. Hey, yeah. what's up, Ian? uh all right that's cool so at 18 you decided to join the air force yep uh what part what'd you do yeah so 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 air force uh, i joined it uh well i signed up when i was 17 and i had to basically wait you know, for a few months to actually enter but uh when i finally entered i, I was uh an avionics specialist so i did basically dealt with avionics on the f-15 initially and then I moved over from the F-15 to the F-22. I did that for 14 and a half years. And then now I'm on the uh, MQ-9 right now. Okay, and so you're still active. Yeah, I'm still active, yeah. yeah okay, so, and what do you do? Yeah, so right, right now I work for basically the, the boss for the, for the, for the base. Uh, it's, 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 kind of a, it's a kind of a weird place to be. But yeah, I, I kind of work for the, the boss for the base I'm at right now. And uh, okay kind of deal with planning and you know basically future plans for the base so kind of a high vis job but it's it's interesting it's interesting but i still have the you know that that aircraft maintenance background so that kind of ties into what i do right now for future planning basically all right nice uh so what got you you go from caribbean to the air force and then did you start detailing or what how'd you get into the industry yeah so i've, I've always loved cars i mean that was always my passion but my parents weren't right, what, what's very... your favorite car do you have a favorite well uh, right 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 now well i really want a mclaren 720s but that, that's 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 for yeah that's for a little bit yeah a little, later down the line i have a, I have a red eye right now uh hellcat red eye right now and, that, and that's keeping me quite happy <laughs> but i mean I, I love all cars you know i mean i really appreciate you know every type of car, even, even, you know, I love classics too, you know, just, uh, I, I just love, you know, the, the art design, everything that goes into making a car. So I've always had that passion, but my parents never had the money to buy a nice car, you know, so I was always, you know, stuck on dreaming about the cars that I've, you know, always wanted to 
you know, being. Yeah. And it just got to a point where I finally bought my first car when I, when I uh, joined the Air Force. And I mean, I took care of that thing like, like, like it was, it was a Volkswagen Jetta, you know, not even 100 horsepower, you know, <laughs> but I treated that thing like it, like, like it was a Bentley. And, uh, and everyone yeah, knew me for keeping the car clean and everything else. And then I got, you know, better cars over, over, over time. And we moved to Las Vegas and me and my wife were going through a, a time where we were like, all right, let's get rid of all the fancy things we have right now. Start at ground zero, pay everything off and like actually build. They were like, well, why, why do we have debt if we're making this, this much money? So we're like, let's start over, you know? So she got rid of her Lexus LS460 and I added a BMW 335 at the time, got, got rid of everything. And I got a 15 year old BMW uh, 5 Series and black paint, black soft paint, and it was just, it was trashed, man. It was trashed. And uh, uh, what year was this? Is it two, uh, this, this was in 2012, 2012. And at the same time, I actually met uh, this guy named Michael Plasser. And he made me realize really quickly that I knew nothing about detailing. Uh, like uh, I got there and he was in a BMW group. So I met up with him when I finally moved to Vegas. And I went to his garage and he's like, oh, yeah, here's all my detailing stuff. And like I, at this time I had like four or five things, you know, like. So was, know. He a, was he a professional detailer or he was in the group detailing cars just because he was in the group or what? Yeah, he, he was big on, uh, on Auto Geek. Like he was like one of the, like a moderator for Auto Geek and everything. And so he was, he was, he was active military as well, but he was way deeper into the passion you know, than I was at the time. Because he, he, had, he had a lot more knowledge when it came to detailing at that time. So after reals, I, I knew nothing about detailing. Yeah, I, I asked him a simple question, like, what do I need to do? Like, what do I need to buy to, to get into detailing for real? So he was like, all right, buy this, buy that. So why yeah. do you want to get into it? It was just, just a, it was just a hobby, really. It's a I mean, hobby? I just, I, just, I just love cars. And you know, I wanted to make you know, my car look as good as it, it could be. And just, just, it just drove, you know, it just stemmed from my passion, you know, from, from, from years prior. And he finally he told me what I needed to do. And I, just, I think I put like 130 hours plus into this old fire series BMW. And it was, it was pretty trash before. And then after I did the paint correction, I took it to work and when I was done and everyone, everyone at work was like, oh, Jason, when you get a chance, you know, let me know where you got your car repainted. Yeah, Cause yeah, I need to get mine done to him. Like, I, I didn't repaint it. And they're like, what? I, mean, I saw how that thing looked before you, before you, you know, before today. And you had to get it repainted. I'm like, no, I did, I did paint correction. So I, I took pictures of it. So I'm like, hey, look, this, this, this is what I did. And I went through my phone, you know, showed them all the pictures. And then they were like, oh, you got to do mine next. So there was one guy with a, I think it was a 20, I can't remember what year it was. It was a, like when the, the Transformers Camaro came out, I can't remember what year, what year that started. But, uh, yeah, but he had a black Camaro and he was the first one I did at work. And everyone at work saw his car after I was done with it. And then that started the whole trend. It just, oh, you gotta do my next, my next. So I was, I went from doing one car, two cars a month to being booked six, seven months out for- uh, Daily doing cars or like weekends, nights, like what? Cause you were working full time, right? Yeah, this was after work. So yeah. my average day was about 20 hours. So, I, and I did that for, man, seven, eight, nine years. Yeah. 
but so 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 that that tied into the product development so i was you know working full-time and i was going home started i was detailing you know after i got off work and doing the product testing to develop you know the, the products oh so, so immediately you just wanted to start doing products or did that, oh, no, that take was, a moment where you decided hey something something ain't right yeah that, it, it was it was years after so it was about maybe four years after i started uh actual detailing but i was working from my garage you know in in, in las vegas no ac so it was 116 plus degrees sometimes in, in, in that garage it was scorching you know yeah. and a lot of products that i was buying and using which you know they work great you know in the perfect conditions but then i was in extreme hot extreme dry conditions so a lot of them just they just weren't doing what i wanted them to do so i kept you know switching up different products trying to see what worked you know best for for, for, for my needs and I ended up having to like buy like finishing polishes and like mixing them with compounds trying to make it work you know i think we've all i mean come on haven't we all done that right like i think that's a true detailer right we just yeah. start mixing shit together because <laughs> yeah. we think we can do it better than huh? the chemist at the lab right like that's just yeah. the way we are we we love to grab things and go hmm oh, that works a little bit. i'm gonna put some of this in i mean every one yeah. of us does it you know i think it's funny people will go hey have you ever put dressing in your cleaner i'm like yeah i'm like 2003 i mean that was like yeah like if you had some of those people who just wanted to clean it up and shine it real quick like of course like yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely man yeah i was i was trying everything man and it it really got to a point where i was known for paint correction people were like oh jason you should come to my shop and like teach us how to do paint correction but at the time i'm like i can't really show what i'm using because i'm not using one product i'm mixing stuff to make it work you know, so I'm like, you know what, let me, let me just try and make, make my own product. And I mean, I didn't know where to start. Like I had no idea what, you know, it was going to be where, who was going to do it. So I just started doing research and it took about four months uh, of just emails and calls and people telling me no, and, and no, you're not, you're not, you're not going to spend enough money with me. So you say, I'm not going to do it type deal. So I got a quite, quite a few no's and I just kept kept pushing. All right, no. All right, let me keep keep asking the question until I get a yes. So I went through quite a few options for chemists. And Did then, you ever almost be like, "Well, it just ain't gonna work"? Yeah, uh, it. I, I I wouldn't say that. I mean, it was a little discouraging for for a while, but being in the military, like like, I, I think that I think that that really helped me a lot because it just gave me that mentality, like keep pushing until it's done. You know, because. Typically, you know, prior, from from what I went through, a lot of people would have just stopped and said, you know, screw it, yeah, this this is not going to work. Because I mean, I, I even thought I was I was going to spend like twelve hundred dollars to to get you know the first you know product out or something, and that wasn't that wasn't the case at all. And I had to invest quite a bit more, but uh, just finding a chemist that was going to listen to someone who had zero years of experience in product development, you know, and take that feedback and tweak a formula that they think is perfect, you know, to satisfy someone who has zero experience, that was very hard to come by. And just as someone who would give me the time of day, you know, to, to even hear my input was, was hard, you know, because I mean, I knew what I wanted, I knew what I wanted to do, but of course I'm not a chemist, so I couldn't, you know, give him any formulas to, to recreate, you know, but 
I mean, now it's at a point where I, I like I'm getting sent the multiple multiple pieces to make up one product, and I'm doing all the mixing myself, and then sending numbers back to my chemist because it's it's it's, it's at a point now where where I, I know a lot more, and it it's just almost slower waiting for him to make the perfect the, the perfect product. So he sends it to me. He's like, Jace, like. Like, I don't know what you want, man. Like, I, I can't mix and mix any better. So here's everything you need. Put it together. When you figure it out, just send me the numbers. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, so the, uh, the, the first product, uh, the last cut, I mean, that one went out. I mean, I, I took a chance because I basically used all the money that I made from doing actual detailing and repurposed it to invest in myself to start the product line so it was a pretty pretty big leap yeah like, working and then detailing mm -hmm. so you're at 20 hours a day when are you finding time to do this during the detail time yeah during detail time yeah, yeah so 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 if so if i have like a, so if i was in a pain correction and i would use like a, a, a known good product i would you know test it see, see what see what it did then I would use mine and see if it compared, if it beat it or, or, or whatever. And I did that for years until, you know, I had, you know, products that were comparable with, you know, the, the, the top of the market. So walk us through because I'm very, uh, uh, not, not nearly at all the same story, but very similar in detailing and then building a product company, right? Mm -hmm. Same, same concept. And I think there's, there's detailers. It seems to be right. Uh, Brandon, I think you're hopping into selling some products. Uh, there's more detailers beginning to start to sell products, mm -hmm. uh, to yeah. whether it's customers or non-customers, you know, it's just, they're selling products. Uh, mm -hmm. Ian, I've seen auto fiber being sold in uh, firehouse detail supply. Uh, yep. I've, I've seen it in a couple of different places. So it's an interesting theory to, to be able to, to do your main business, right? what's your main income and then try and go over and start because it really is a separate business, right? So mm -hmm. we actually begin to start doing two businesses and yep. using the funds from, you know, the main business to support the idea is exactly mm -hmm. what I did too, man. I mean, that's it, out of my garage is where I put all my products when I bought them. And yep. then during the day would go out and try and sell as well as when I had an appointment go, cause I was mobile. So I would go mm. do my mobile appointment and then I'd go make sales calls or I'd go, you know, I'd go back and forth. So, um, yeah. it, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing. And I, so I want to toss that idea around Ian, what are you seeing around the industry? Is that, is that becoming a booming thing? Is that a, is that a thing that detailers are, are they, are they getting a lot of reorders? Is it a struggle? Is it a, a, a massive success? You know what? I'm sure there's gotta be some, positive and negative, right? So what are you hearing? It, like in terms of selling products to, mm -hmm. I mean, so I've been selling products to detailers for 20 years, right? And there's always been a subset of detailers becoming like into selling products and creating brands. It's always been a, a strong part of our customer base. Cause one thing we do is we help um, develop products for customers. So we've always had detailers coming to us to help develop a certain product for them. Um, but a big part about auto fiber and the brand of auto fiber has been trying to get 
you know, detailers to sell products, our products to their customers. Um, you know, and it's a win-win situation because um, they can create an extra income stream, right? Kind of merchandising um, part of their business. And then also they're promoting our brand at the same time. Um, so there's that, but we also design products for custom, you know, customers, detailers who are becoming product manufacturers and designers. Um, okay. So kind of like, you know, how there's chemical companies, blenders that white label for, you know, whoever, we do the same thing. Okay. But in, cool. I mean, I think it's a, I don't think it's a bad thing. There's no, I don't really see a downside to it necessarily. Um, I'm trying to even think of what potentially, what negative there, there well, is. Well, the negatives would be they couldn't sell it. And they're sitting on a lot of inventory or, you know, they, there's this idea that they wanted to do and they just failed at it. Right. I mean, that's, that would be the negative. Yeah. I mean, so, well, that's which it happens, right. I mean, it's yeah. got to, there's no way that everybody buys products and just all do great. Right. I mean, there are, there's gotta be some negative stories. Yeah. I mean, I think that that definitely does happen. So one thing that I've always tried to do, I don't want that to happen to my customers. Um, so I'm always trying to get guys to buy less and less to start. And we like, for example, we'll drop our minimums um, to get guys started selling a product. Cause the last thing you want is somebody to, you know, get stuck with a product they can't sell. Yeah. Um, it's just that that wouldn't be positive for my business no. either. Well, right? and it's not so, positive for the detailer because I mean, I've done it, right? I mean, I've, yeah. I've caught products in that I couldn't sell. And then you, you either, you literally just have to, throw them away, <laughs> give yeah. them away or something. You got to get them out of your, you know, your, your supply. Absolutely. Um, so the same thing happens to me, but I'll tell you this, some of the best products we've ever created, the best sellers are ones that we created and then they didn't sell and they sat in our racks for a year or two. And then we come up with another way to sell them. And the mm -hmm. Amazon is an amazing system for this. Mm -hmm. Like you can take a failed product and rework it or remarket it and spin it up in a different way. And it can become one of the better products that you have. Cool. Um, so cool. um, it's That's good input. That's good. Yeah. Input. Yeah. A lot of times a failed product is a lot of the, just the, is in the messaging and in the wrong way of describing it to the customer. Um, okay. Uh, Brandon, what you, you started, and I think you had a, uh, a little event that you went out to and, and sold some products. Uh, How's, how's your sales going? How's everything and that, that idea of what you're trying to do? Yeah, it, it's, it's going well, actually, listen to your podcast gave me the idea. Uh, Masterson said something like, I think he said, if you're detailing, why aren't you offering products to your clients? And I have, I have many clients that ask, you know, what they can use in between me coming to their place. So I'm always pushing them certain ways, certain businesses. So it just made sense to offer it. And then I've been doing car shows where those are the clients that do their own cars. So they're not going to hire me, but they're always asking my opinions anyways. So that's another way to get those clients that I don't have already by offering the products for them to do it themselves. So it's, it's been pretty successful. I wouldn't say it's a success story yet, but it's been going pretty good. Well, and Jace, you, you talked about it being years, right? 
years and years of a process. And I would think there's a lot of people that hear it, right? You're, you're right, Brandon. I mean, Greg's a big deal. He talked about it just the other day. You know, we went, we talked about it again. I mean, it's big on his radar. Um, and I think it's a big thing that's happening in the industry, no doubt. Um, maybe, right. Maybe there's some that think that they can just open up, right. It's the, uh, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come right. Just, just because I have products to sell, people will want to buy it. But Jace, I think you were saying it took you many years to, to get to that point. Um, and so yeah. you said that there was a lot of climb, I call it, I, I think you said grind. I, I like climb. That's the way I, I describe it because I feel like if I'm grinding, I'm sitting in the same spot, but I want to, I want to claw yeah. and climb my way out. And that, that's the way I, I, I thought of, you know, as I get, you know, where I'm at and what I was trying to do of selling out of my garage and mobile detailing with a, a Ford uh, Ranger, you know, I mean, it, mm. <laughs> it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, uh, w- walk us through your climb, uh, some of those struggles, wh- how you overcome them. Um, and then I want to dive into your actual product. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I would say I, I was actually quite fortunate, uh, with the products that I released because of how I started, because like I, I use social media initially to gain the credibility needed to sell the products that I was selling. So if you look at my, if you look at my social media, Instagram, you know, Facebook, whatever, you don't see me posting pictures about interior details. You don't see me posting pictures about, you know, you know anything other than paint correction and getting vehicles to look good. So for years, I was getting questions on what do you use? What do you use? What do you use? So I'd already built a credibility to where, to where people would trust my word. So whenever I release a product, you know, to do the same thing that I've, I've gained the credibility in or the field that I've, I've gained the credibility in, it was easy for me to transition that product to multiple, multiple people because I, had, I, mean, I, I built that credibility. So, so to me personally, so for, so for someone who wants to start, you know, selling products or doing anything along those lines, start by building your credibility. Let people know, like people, people should associate your name with what your, like what type of product you're trying to sell. Or you must have good marketing. You must be able to 100% stand behind that product and be able to push that product and, and recommend it without any guilt. You know, so-, so, so Jace, right now you're at 25,000 followers. Do you remember what you were uh, when you first started? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, man, I, I, when I, when I first released a product, I believe I was around maybe 3000, three or 4,000 maybe. Okay. And then after I released a the product, then I was really able to touch the world because the first week I released the last cut, it was already, I was already shipping to five, five, four, five countries yeah, wow. on the, in the first week. Because you know, I'd already, I'd already and, have the following. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How long? But so when you, uh, when you started that development, and then you went, okay, mm-hmm. I found the right one. What was yep. that time period of trying to ramp up to go to start selling? Well, it, it was, it was, it was about. Uh, well, to, to, to be honest, like the, the whole idea of like selling product to everyone wasn't my initial plan. I initially did it. For myself to do trainings or whatever, you know, I had to do just to do something that I, I could trust and something I could say, this is what I use and this works. It's tried, tried and true. That's right. You but, said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But but whenever I because I, I was at a point where I'm like, you know, what? this is this is this is actually really good, but I'm not sure if I'm crazy or not. 
So I sent it to friends, like I had, you know, buddies in Norway and you know, Finland and Australia and, you know, just different climates. I'm like, you know what, let me, let me send it out, you know, and see if people actually like it or if I'm not, you know, it just, just makes, make sure I'm not crazy. You know, cause I think this is like a solid product. And then they all came back and was like, Jace, I need a gallon. I'm like, really? Like, like you, you really would buy a gallon of, of this with all the other products in the market? He's like, yeah, like this is the best I've used. I'm like, well, but damn, uh, I guess I need to go, go big and, you know, push it out and really make this investment because I was sort of like uh, discouraged whenever I heard about the initial price to, to, to buy in, to get this product started. Because the, the, the cheapest, the, the smallest I could make was 55 gallons. And, and uh, I mean, that was, a, you know, a, a, a few thousands. I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe this isn't where I need to go. Because I was thinking like, oh, 1,200 bucks and then I'm, I'm good. But no, that, was, that wasn't the case. So after they were, I got great feedback from all over the world. I'm like, well, shit, let me, let me push it out and see what happens. And it just, it just took off. And yeah, I would say I got, I was really fortunate, you know, with the way I started is because I really didn't have a struggle or a sit on product. I mean, I was, I was, I was selling out in, in the first, you know, a couple of months and I realized I wasn't buying enough. So I had to up, you know, my, my purchases to be able to keep up. Okay. Know? But so let me go back to that question. Mm -hmm. When you, you decide to start your process and then by the time you get to your date of sale, do you remember how long a period that was? Yeah, it's it it about two, 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 about two to three years. So we did a, actually it was, it was two years because we, we made about three revisions, three or four revisions to the, to the product that he thought, or the formula he thought was perfect. My chemist, he sent it and he was like, Jace, this is it. This is everything you wanted. You know, cause I gave him a list of stuff that I wanted it to do. And he's like, here it is. Here's a perfect product. I'm like, all right, cool. You know? And I tested it. I'm like, eh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not bad, but I think it could be better. So over that course, yeah, we made a few revisions until I got to the point where I'm like, all right, this is something I can put my name on. Let me send it out and get it tested to see if I really, I'm not, I'm really not crazy. And that, 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 that's, that's how it all started. Yeah. That's uh that's cool. I wanted you to say that I didn't know what it would be, but I figured it was going to be a little bit of a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to say that because or I wanted you to say, it because I think there's a lot of people that will just want to hop into something and think immediately they're going to have success. Right. But mm -hmm. it took you two years to eventually even just to get to market. Yep. So, yep. And, uh, and, and, how, and, that, and that was also my choice because yes, there are the options you can just like, you can just relabel everything. So I, I do see that sometimes where, you know, you, you just say, you know, that I want this product and put your name on it and go. But I chose the other route was to actually tailor that product to make it mine. You know, so that process itself takes quite a bit longer than just, you know, saying, all right, chemist, you have all these products and I want to put my name on it. Just hit, here's the money, send it to me. And I chose the, 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 opposite, the opposite route, which is more labor intensive. So I did testing on BMW paint, Audi paint, GM paint, you know, and if things didn't work exactly how I wanted to, then we made tweaks to make sure it worked on all paints, you know. So the, the original pro, uh, product that he or formerly sent me, it worked well, but it wasn't universal throughout. So the changes we made, made it basically the most, well, like it's quite versatile. And that's because we made those changes to make sure it could accommodate any type of paint. Okay. You know? 
Okay. Yeah, so, cool. so they're all quick routes, and and there there's definitely the the route that takes a longer time. Because even the finishing polish I'm working on right now, that that's that's been a man almost a four year project, and we started over four times. Like we got like through the process. I'm like, nope, this this isn't it. I, I it works, but I don't love it. So let's start over. And we started over four times, and I think now we're finally at the point where. I can put it on his wing for some more feedback, but this is the fourth time starting. So four years in the making. Oh. So it's it takes time. It takes time to do it this way, but that's just me. I mean, I'm very particular. And I mean, you really have to make, make a choice. How, how, how bad do you want it? And are you willing to put the time in to, to, to get it to where you want it? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I love it. All right. So let's let's talk about the actual product, right? So last cut compound. Yep. Um, walk us through it. You know, what is it? What's it, you know, water-based, solvent-based, you know, what, what type of abrasives? Walk us through all the, uh, the chemistry in it. Geek out to us detailers to kind of tell us, you know, all about what it does. Yeah, so it's, it's a water-based product uh, with diminishing abrasives. So my, my, my whole vision behind it was to have low dusting, you know, easy, easy cleanup, you know, easy wipe off. You know, versatile, being able to be able to be used in, in direct sunlight if, if needed, because the average detailer, you know, that they, they won't have you won't have perfect conditions every single time. So my my vision was to create a product that could could be reached for no no matter what situation you're in, and just know that it's going to work. So so the the biggest thing for me was diminishing abrasives and being yeah. water based. So it it. You know, just really easy to work with. Uh, how deep does it cut? You got sanding recommendations? So it, it, it depends. Like, to, like for me, it's, it's hard to just say it can pull 1,500 grit sandpaper marks because all paints are different. You have paints with different hardnesses. And depending on what pad you use, then that, that determines how much defects you can get out of the paint. So I always tell my customers, do a test spot. A test spot is the only thing that's going to give you the, the, the ammo to say, yes, it, it can do this, or no, it can't do it. But with the last cut, you can use it with a, a foam finishing pad, your, your least aggressive method. Then you can step it up to a, your foam polishing pad, your foam uh, cutting pad, your microfiber, your, your, your high-level microfiber, your wool. And that give, all of those options give you a higher level of cut if needed. So basically, I wanted a product that you could change the pad to determine what result you're getting based on the paint you're working on. So yes, you know, everyone wants a, a one and done, say, hey, you go, this is, you need this and this, and you're good to go. But it's never that simple to say, use this one pad and this product and, and, you're, and you're good. That's, that's never, it's, it's never that simple. So I always no. tell my customers to do a test spot. If you're still confused, send me a picture of the paint yeah, under under a light, then I can tell you if you need to go more aggressive, or if you need to go less aggressive, or if you just need a finishing polish to to to, to finish it out. You know, so so it's it's just versatile. You know, yeah, it's it's just versatile, and that was the main thing that I wanted was something that just worked every time. All right, so we got Mr. Tesla here. Uh, we got to know what it does on Tesla. How how have you done with Teslas? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so tell I, me. Oh, good. No, he was saying, tell no, me, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on Tesla paint? Yeah, so, so mm -hmm. the last cut is, is uh, less aggressive than the last cut plus. 
So technically on Tesla Paint, and I would recommend using the last cut with, uh, even with a, a foam polishing or foam cutting pad, because Tesla Paint, paint typically mars quite easily. And, oh yeah. And the, the diminishing abrasives, I mean, mo most times it, it, can, it can finish it out, except for the black one. The, the black, yeah, it, it, it definitely can't. Yeah, well, I said, I say definitely can't, but it may or may not finish out on depends on who's looking top. at it <laughs> i know what you're saying i know what you're yeah. saying it's kind of finicky you got to work it a certain way and, yep. and honestly kind of have a little luck with it i it's the same thing with with certain other compounds like mcguire's d300 use the right pad and mm -hmm. and, a, and a little bit of of, of jesus you, you can kind of get it to finish <laughs> down but yeah but i know what you mean you, you kind of 50 60 percent of the time it, it kind of leads just that just just a hair that mm -hmm. that us trained details can see. I know exactly what you're saying. Yep. How yep. do you uh, how would you compare cut to something like I don't know 105, a typical Maguire's compound? So I mean, I would I would say the the TLC is probably just maybe it's just a hair more aggressive, but the, the thing oh, okay. is, it uh, it it has an extremely long work time, so it doesn't dry Ooh. out and it doesn't yeah it can it goes forever. So that's I great. So I, I typically don't compare my product to, to other to other products. They usually let customers do it, but uh, that, okay, that's yeah. not something that I, I do. But uh, but for 105 was one I tested on. I tested against back in the day, and um, and it, it like I was I would say if it's not on par, it's part just 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 a little more aggressive. And then you have TLC Sweet. Plus, which is even more aggressive than the last cut. It's about 25 percent more aggressive than the last cut. So. What makes it more aggressive uh, from a chemistry side? Is that just more abrasives or is there something else that gets put in or what is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's more abrasives. But when you add more abrasives, then you also have to accommodate for, uh, basically your abrasive is, is going to be powder. So the more abrasives you put is going to be drier. And if you want to maintain that long work time, you have to compensate you know, for the added aggression that you put in. So so every is every every... It's, it, it, it gets really tricky at times because if you add too much lubrication, then you reduce a cut. Because if, if you want something that, that, that goes forever, then you just can't just add more lubrication and think it's going to work. You have to compensate for what you lose because you, you, you give one, you, you, you take one. So it's all about find, finding that balance to where, you know, it's just going to do yeah, I, I would say 95% of what you want to do here and 95% of what you do because you're never going to get 100% all across the board. That's just something that you have to live with because I, I've, I've been pushing for 100% all across the board and, and <laughs> it's been taking me four years to get there. So at, at, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I got to suck it up. I got to step back and get out of my own way because I probably could have released this polish like years ago, but because I'm so picky, and I'm, I'm in my own way. I'm trying to get out of my own way right now <laughs> to, to, to get it released. But it, like, I, I'm, I'm in search for, for perfection and it's, a, you, you can get close, you can get really close, but you have to give something to get. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, all right, Brandon, I wanna open up and see as, as you've been around mobile detailing and different things that you've been doing, what are some things as a mobile detailer that you want to see in, in a compound? And, uh, you know, I want to see, kind of pick your brain. 
What are you? What do you need? As you, oh yeah, my bad. We got both Brandons on again. My bad. I do that all the time. All right, uh, Tim's. I'll start with Brandon from Tim's. Yeah. I mean, mostly you need something. Uh, you know, if you're you're in the sun, something you could work with in the sun, and uh, you know, some hot paint, because you know you don't always find a shady spot, mm -hmm. and you know sometimes the you forget the tent or you know it might break or, or something. So if you can find something you could work with in the sun, you know, that's, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a biggie for a compound. That is a biggie. And I think, uh, Jace, you said earlier that you test it. And I mean, especially if you're out of Vegas, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, like you, you had to test it really in a massive heat and out in the sun. Yep. That... How, what is it that, what is it that makes your product work in the sun when others don't? The lubrication. Yeah, that balance between the lubrication and the actual abrasives, that, that, that is that one of the main things that keeps it going. You know, and uh, like, because you know, some, some, some products are on the drier side. So once they heat up, they just dust, you know? So, so I had to, so like the, 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 first, the first version of the last cut, cause I wanted zero dust, you know, like I wanted no dust at all. And, that formula ended up gumming the pads. So after like two or three passes, the pads were done. It was just matted down or just like caked up. So we had to back backtrack a little bit to where it had a little bit of dust to aid the pad cleaning. And so once the so once the the, the pad got exposed to air with, with the compound, it would slightly dust to aid the actual cleaning of the of the pad, so it didn't gum it up. So that was actually one test I did. I wanted to use one pad and do an entire car to see if I could make it last that long. That's not a, my a typical practice. I wanted to see if it could be done. And uh, that is a, a big thing when working outside, you gotta have the correct lubrication to make sure the sun doesn't dry that product up and enough lubrication to where when the, when the panel heats up, it can still be wiped off you know, with, with ease. So that was actually one thing. I sent some to Hawaii, uh, Australia, and uh, it, was, it was somewhere else I sent it. Uh, I think Puerto Rico is some testing out there. Just you know, hotter climates as well as Vegas. So, so I did hot, humid, and I did hot, dry. And I think the day I tested in Vegas, it was a hundred and uh, I think it was like 116 degrees outside. And I, I pulled the car out and I started polishing to see if it would dry up and it didn't. So that, that's, that was one, one time where I knew, all right, yeah, I'm definitely getting closer to, to, to where, where I need to be. Cool. But, but. Yeah, all right. Uh, any questions for Jace? Uh, Shawshank? Yeah, so um, you mentioned gumming the pad. Um, mm -hmm. Did you fix that formula? Yes. Yeah. So, so, so that was the first, the initial one that uh, we, we tried to work on because I wanted zero dust. That was like my biggest thing. I want no dust at all. Like it should never dust. I'm like, like anything you do, just don't, don't make it dust. I'm like, he was like, all right, cool. I'll give you no dust. And that, it just didn't work. Uh, Cause, cause so, I still have, I, I bought one of your first bottles and I loved it. I actually think I tagged you in a post about it. Um, but uh -huh. it was great. The only issue I had is if I was out all day and I was doing multiple cars, uh -huh. I had to be careful about gumming too many pads up, mm -hmm. uh, but it worked great. Like you said, directly in the sun, finished out nicely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so if, if, if you clean the pad after, after every 
you know, every section pass, then it really shouldn't uh, gum the path to where it's unusable. Like, okay, uh, so that's what you teach. I think that's that's one of the, uh, mm, what do we want to call that? Processes, maybe? Uh, process of detailing that there's mm-hmm. there's been a different ideas. You know, some people will clean, like you're saying, every panel. Some will clean, you know, yeah. after, you know, two or three. Some won't clean at all. You know, it, it, yep. it, yeah. it, it goes all around. Uh, I've, I've fallen into the ladder quite a few times, you know, just is what it is. Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, I'm a two or three panel and then I'm a clean, right. Um, or, or two, you know, like I'll do a couple doors and I'll clean. Um, but you're saying every, do, every panel. Every, every, so after, after one section pass, I clean the pad before. So let's just say, I don't, I don't, I don't polish twice without, I don't put a uh, component on the pad twice without a clean in between. So I do one one section when I'm done with that with that section, uh, get get a pad clean, uh, wipe wipe it off or whatever, and then add more compound and then and then go. So after every section pass, I clean the pad. All right. So, so let's let's talk gummification. Um, hmm. What's gumming a pad? So, so that's when the pad gets loaded and all the pores. So for instance, if it's a foam pad, the the it will get like a, a shiny look towards the, the, the top of the pad and you can't see the actual pores anymore. It's just basically a paste of compound over that's just smeared over the top. So, so at that point, you're not getting any action out of the pad. You need to clean the pores so that it can start you know, having action again. And then on like wool or microfiber, the actual fibers would mat down and stick, like stick flat down and you're not gonna get any action out of those pads anymore until the fibers are fluffed and you know, back up standing again. So, so every section pass, you need to make sure your pores are clean on your foam pads or your fibers are standing back up on a microfiber or wool pad. Jace, real quick, how yeah. do you clean your foam pads? Me personally, I just use a, a, a pad brush. I don't use all of the, the fa- if you have ear, I mean, that's, that, that, that's, uh, that works too. Yeah. But me personally, I just like having my pad brush right next to me and next to the machine and I just brush it out and go to town again. Gotcha. Um, there is a theory that I've heard. I want to know your input. There's some people that say, don't ever shoot air down, shoot to the side. And there's all these yep. different angles. What's, what's your thought process? What, what happens when you shoot down? I if you shoot down, you're pushing the product into the pad itself. So your pad will never get clean. So even after you wash it, you still have product that's trapped inside the, inside the, the, the pores that needs to come out. So, so there are some people who would say, oh, I'm using a brand new pad and it's still dusting everywhere. That's because you have so much product embedded into the pad, you'll never really get it clean. So if you are going to use air, I would recommend, you know, blowing it like side, like, like not straight down, but somewhat at an angle so you can like get that uh, debris gone and out, like out of the pad, not into the pad. Cool. Hey, Mike, uh, good to see you. Want to know if you had uh, any questions for Jace? Actually, no. Um, I actually, I found it the last cut probably a year ago it's been my go-to for since then awesome. um what is it that you yeah. love about it um the workability it's worked for everything i've used it and i like smells and i like the smell of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right jace did you put a scent in it or just yes. that's the way it came yes that, so that was, was one thing i had to make sure was like that because i, I got tired of compounding and then having a garage smell like just straight chemicals 
you know, for, for days after. So the original last cut, yeah, it has a, a light coconut scent to it. And the last cut plus has a light pineapple scent to it. So I typically add, you know, a little, little bit of scent. Stay with the Hawaiian little, style, huh? Yeah, yeah. Little, or little, not little, Hawaiian, little, sorry. Little Caribbean, Caribbean feel. Island <laughs> like, is what I should have said. I should have said feel. island style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just something to make it more, you know, pleasant, you know. I mean, our, our job is really hard enough. Yeah, so, so anything that I could think of to make it more pleasant is more enjoyable. Like that's, that, that's, that's what I set out to do. All right. Uh, Mike, what, what are you finding that are you using at every car or do you found that there's, there's cars that it works the absolute best on? Is there like apps, like if you, if you got these certain cars, like you must use it. Um, I, I generally just change the pad. I use it mainly my go-to first, first things first. If I need a heavy cut, I go for the last cut. And then if I really want to get after it, I go for the plus. Um, I use the plus on a lot of boats mm. and, you know, generally with a, a wool pad and the last cut, I can get everything that a normal person can see out of it. So that's my like go-to. That. A normal person. I like that. Thanks, I like Mike. that a lot. Cause we say that, I mean, that's something we say in the community all the time is that we we've got better eyes than everybody else. I mean, we, we've trained our eyes to look for things specifically I've had surgeons, speaking of Teslas, we talked earlier, I had a surgeon come get their Tesla done. And I, I looked at the paint and I went, oh shit. And I, I just, my question that I always ask people when they pull their car up is I say, tell me what you see in your paint, right? Because I, it, it shouldn't be what I see. It's their car. It should be what they want to drive and how they want to go around. So, you know, I meet their needs and then build a package around what will help them. And, you know, this guy didn't see anything. He thought his paint looked great, but I think Nick from over there in Tesla, he must have been going around with his little uh, nibber because there was nib spots all around. And it looked like this big giant uh, How big? Uh, Dalmatian. Uh, How big? Were they, uh, I finally were got they him big? to look and I, I put him in the right angle. I put him towards the sun. I was like, you see this? And you know, when I could look at his eyes and he find, when his eyes went like that and I said, okay, now step back. And then he saw all the other ones. But I mean... <laughs> They typically people don't normally see what we see. So, Mike, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Wes, you got any questions, Cody? Uh, anybody else got a question for Jace? No, no questions. Only right. compliments. I mean, I've been hounding him about that freaking finishing polish for like two years now oh. since he since oh, yeah. he let it go that he was doing it. So, it's yeah, but that's just <laughs> yep. that's Thank just you. out of anticipation. Yeah. Jersey yeah. num numbers all, all all over it. That's all different. Go. Yeah, trying to get it right, man. Yeah, trying to get, trying to get a nail. I got a hold of the. I got a hold of the last cut. Uh, probably a couple of months after they after he released it. Um, Anthony Fisher. Yep. Uh, he hit me up, and uh, he was like, "Dude, I've done like six one steps with this stuff. It's a compound. You can do whatever you want with it. Just pick a pad or whatever." So. You know, I, I got in touch with Jace and I got a bottle and I had a I had a, a forerunner and a Ferrari 458. And I was like, OK, because the the uh, the 458 had a soft black roof. Like I had mm -hmm. towels that'll mar it. And then um, the, the forerunner was like medium hard or whatever. And the forerunner had been run through a bunch of car washes. So the back hatch is all scratched up because they have that brush that they stick in that bucket and scrub the back of it before it goes through the car wash. <laughs> and um, 
so you know i grabbed a, a microfiber and a, a three inch because of all the little spaces and places on that back hatch and i cut the whole back hatch and i sent jace picks and i was like dude this thing barely needs like you barely need to finish it um so i just you know i just i switched to a, a rupez yellow pad and just buzzed over it real quick with the last cut and finished it and then moved over and the ferrari roof i just stuck with the yellow uh and uh like two dots of the last cut and it it finished that black ferrari roof uh great so i'm i'm kind of like uh i believe it was uh mike he said that's kind of what he reaches for so it's like if i don't know what i'm gonna do if it's a one step i'm gonna try the last cut on a yellow pad or like a uh, Lake Country Orange HTO mm -hmm. pad, something like that. And it's, you know, 90% of the time that's going to be great. And I don't really need to lighten up because um, it'll it'll finish. It seems to cut. This is just my experience and he can um, correct me. But it seems to, on on foam at least, uh, when you're doing a one step, it, it seems to cut for like a pass and a half or two passes. And then after that, it just starts finishing. Like it, it cuts quick and then it starts, uh, uh, it starts breaking down, diminishing quick. So, so um, you know, like four section passes and it's money. So would we, Jace, I mean, in theory, I guess it's a perfect one step compa. Is that really what you're trying to do? Or are you still a two step type of, but if you're just now coming out with a finishing polish, you, you, I guess I've been recommending people use it as a one step. Yeah, so a lot of people use it as one steps because uh, it really depends on your customer, you know, like if, if you just want a, a quick, you know, gloss enhancement and, and protection, then a lot of people use it for that. But for, for years, like I've, I've had a finishing polish for, for some time, so it's been working. So a lot, most of my, my uh, details are full-blown correction, you know, you know, like as perfect as I can get it type deal. So I've been using my finishing polish for a long time, but I've been working on the usability of it. So that that's why it's been taking that long is to, to get the user experience where I think it, it should be. So for me, I, I could do with the headache, you know, getting it exactly where I want to, but for, for someone I'm going to put out, I want to make sure it works correctly. So, so a lot of people use it as one steps, but to me on really, really soft paint, you need, you will, you yeah. will need a second step. Like especially yeah. in black Tesla paint, you will need a, a, a true finishing polish and a true finishing pad or sometimes a, a foam polishing pad to get that finish that you need as a professional detailer that's going for perfection. You know, so so that's why I think this finishing polish is going to be the most important part of the product line is because uh, like I, I want I want to give people like, well, it ended up being three products, but to be able to use three products and start a cut and finish any paint that comes in front of them you know so so i know a lot, a lot of people right now use the last cut and a separate brand finishing polish so i'm trying to get it to where you can use the last uh, tle products for the entirety of you know your cut and, and finishing phases so, so i want to hop it's, over and ask paul a question if he's still around um but maybe he oh there he is paul so as you're around and about have you seen one steps continue to increase more and more people are doing one steps? Is that, is that becoming much more popular? Like we said, we thought it would be. Oh yeah, definitely. There's a lot of different companies that are reaching out and starting to uh, step up their game when it comes to a one step polish. But 
you know, everybody, like we, we have heard across this podcast that it's essentially every paint's different. So can you really get away with that on some things? Yes. Some things, no, but everybody wants to try to achieve that. Uh, all right. So Paul, this would be a good question. Once you said that, it made me think of it. Jace, you're talking about finishing polish um, with both of your products. Uh, well, finishing at, well, I guess all three. Um, mm -hmm. Could you go from any one of those straight into a coating or yeah, does it have yeah. fillers or does it have anything that would inhibit applying a coating on top of it after you wiped it off? No, it, it has no fillers. So, so like the paints that are, I would say medium hardness to, to hard, you can absolutely do a one step. You can even do one step with wool on an Audi paint. That's, that's super hard. So you can do a, a one yeah. step and, and depending on, the hardness of the paint, you can go straight to your coating. But of course, you I would recommend a cleanse prior to the coating to make sure your pores are clear to, to promote you know, proper bonding. But um, for those that choose not to cleanse their paint after they polish, could you just immediately coat over it? Uh, you, you can, but I don't recommend it because it will reduce the life of the coating. You're not, you're not gonna get a, the true bond to, to actually fulfill the, the, the true bond it needs to last as long as it should last. So if you, if you, it's, it's kind of like a, so if you put a coating on top of oils, if you don't have that true bond, once it gets hot, if it, if the paint heats up, you could lose that base. So it's like kind of like building a house on, on, a, on, 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 on dirt, basically. Okay. You know, so without, the, oils, the, foundation. the oils are the lubrication. Yes. Because yeah, I was going to say, why, why I, immediately when you said the oils, I was like, wait, it's water-based. And I was like, oh, I bet yeah. you the oils are for the lubrication. Yep. So almost every, so, even if it's got water-based, it's going to have some oils in it. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's to actually carry the product over the surface. So the oil-based compounds and, and the products, if you let them sit for even maybe like a month or two, you'll see oil at the top and then the product at the bottom. You'll see the actual separation. And you can leave the last cut for, I, I actually have the first bottle that I, I got from a chemist still here. And I actually still use it once in a while just to see what, what it does. And it still performs. It still, you don't need to shake it to mix it again. It just is still together. So that, that's, that's the main difference between your oil-based compounds and your water-based is that you can see the separation once you let them sit for a while. Uh, hey, Nick, what's cooking with Nick tonight? And I, I, I was going to hop in and say hi to Nick's mom, but I didn't want to cut you off, Jason. Uh, <laughs> but she was, it, she was on screen for one of the few times. So whenever she's on, we like to say hi to Nick's mom. Nick's mom is also talking. She's on the phone too, but you know, whatever. Um, I'm making nachos. You uh, love nachos, man. That's like your go-to. It's so freaking easy. Like you can make any meat you want. Shrimp, carnitas, pork, you know, chicken, beef, anything. Hey, there's Nick's mom. Make, yep, make a bunch of it and add it to like anything. Nachos, quesadillas, whatever. <laughs> it's so freaking easy. It's just. Ooh. All right, so what Cheap, are you doing easy. tonight? You said nachos, but how are you making them? Same as always. Lay it in a cast iron skillet. Um, lay down a bed of chips. Lay down a layer of cheese. Lay down your meats and whatever toppings you want and stick it under the broiler until it looks cool. What's the meat? <laughs> chicken grilled chicken chicken uh so. and if for anybody that is normal like me and makes nachos in a microwave uh when you put <laughs> it in a skillet and put it in the oven listen it actually did like nick is right like it, it's a much better nacho like it just does take it to the next level it hits man it hits <laughs> 
Yeah, it does. But not gonna lie, I've caught myself like at least at least once every ten days. Something about microwave nachos, man, just hits different at about 10, 30, 11 at night. You know, I have two, three, seven beers in, you know, and get the paper plate out the back and layer that sucker up and microwave for about 10 seconds too long. You get like that different flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, something about it, man. But all right, final questions. Any other questions for Jace? Yeah, I, I got, got one. one. Okay, well, let's go, Cody. All right, I guess I'll go quick. Uh, so I've never actually heard of the last cut, Jace. Uh-huh. I was curious. Um, I don't like to venture far out and try a whole bunch of different stuff when I find something that works decent. But do you do like samples or anything? Yeah, I, I, I used to sell samples, but uh, I did it for like three years and then then I just stopped. And people just started buying the, the full bottles. But yeah, just hit me up, man, I, and it will. I can I, I get you some. So just let me know. I'm a, okay. just, I'm, a, I'm a regular person, you know. So hit me up, send me a message, whatever. I'll. We'll, we'll make it happen. Where should right, I Jace. hit you up on? I mean, if you're going to throw that out there, you might not throw your email out again. So everybody yeah. that's listening can hit you up if you want them to. That's your call. Yes. Yeah, yeah, say Or you can just call me. I, I can just give my phone number. I, I, like my phone's always in my hand. So yeah, 850-625-8409. Cool. All right. Yeah. Everybody hit up, Jace. Anybody that text wants whatever, to? Just uh. I mean, I've, it's, it's even to a point now, man, people that are out detailing right now and, and they run into issues that, hey, Jace, uh, I have this issue. This is, send me a picture and I'll text back and say, all right, do this and you should be good to go. And, you know, and they keep rolling. So, I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a regular person. I, I like to help, you know, however I can. So it's not, even if it's not even my product you're using, I'll still help you if you need help. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's a big enough market and, and detailing world for everybody to get along. So I don't care if you're not using my product. If you need help, I'll help you. Cool. All right. There was somebody else that had a question. Nick. I got one. So uh, is Last Cut Body Shop safe? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's silicone-free. No fillers. They actually, actually um, supply it. Like I'm, I'm here in Clovis, New Mexico. And the body shop's here. That's, that's, that's mainly what they use. So all my products are going to be body shop safe. I don't like silicones and all the fillers and all that. Anything used is going to be true. So even, even, with, even, if, even the finishing polish right now, actually I have, a, I have a light yellow color in there right now. I actually want to take the color out possibly just to keep it as pure as possible because I don't want to add anything that doesn't need to be in there. So I think that's why it took us so long as well because we try to kind of recreate the, 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 uh, the, the actual ingredients because anything that didn't need to be in there, I wanted it out. And we're trying to make it as pure as possible. So I, I, I even did a test on a on, on trim just to see if it would stay in the trim, and it went over the trim clear, no no marks, no nothing. So I'm I'm thinking I might just go back to just like no no color and maybe just a light scent just to keep it a little bit, you know, give it a little, little experience. But I wanted it as pure as possible. Yeah. So yes, the answer, answer to your question, yes, is body shop safe, yeah, still Sweet. free, no, no fillers. That's another Sweet. big Sweet. plus trim. It's it yep. hasn't done it to me. So good. Yeah. yeah. And I and yeah, I water and pure. All right. Well, Derek, as you guys see, he's not uh, here with us, but he's sending me photos of what he's drinking. Nice. Uh, he's uh I guess he's on vacation. I don't know. He sent me a photo of uh this boat with a really great sunset. So uh he's nice. out, but he sent me in the tab out question. So it's time for the tab out question. I'm gonna 
I'm going to change it up just a little, um, but not much, right? Okay, so tab out question for tonight is if you had to get into a fight, right? Not if, right? You have to, right? And you can either choose to go 10 rounds with your best friend, right? So that means that you've got to fight him or her and they have to fight you, right? Or you can go in one punch. One punch gets thrown for Mike Tyson. Which one is it? Best friend. Best friend, 10 rounds? Because you can't yes. last 10 rounds, right? There's no way. We probably go. <laughs> no, like I can't. No, no. One round. punch. No. Iron Mike, I'm not fucking with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I, I, you know, I grew up. That, that was my, yeah, that was my man. It's not going to happen. I'm out. Uh, Paul, <laughs> did, you, did you get past Glass Joe on Mike Tyson's punch out? No. I own like I've done silent. I, I, every time I go somewhere, there's a silent auction. Anything has to do with like Mike Tyson, I'm in. I'm a huge boxing fan. Nothing, Marty, me and you, we just smack each other for a little bit. We'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't last. I mean, that's my no, thing. No, no, no. I don't want a broken neck. I don't want to die. I don't want to have pro no. <laughs> yeah. So I think like you take a punch from Mike Tyson, like I mean, my yeah. laps, my neck's gone. Like I'm. Nah. No way, yeah, I, I love what you know. That's the thing. I'm just. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. I would do a lot of things in life, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right, Brandon from Shawshank. I, I would definitely uh, do the ten rounds with a best buddy. Uh, some of my buddies would be a fun fight. <laughs> Some of my buddies are ex-Marine and ex-MMA <laughs> fighters, so that might be a little rough, but be a lot better than Mike Tyson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Cody? I, I do have to ask. I think I already know my answer, but does Mike have to punch you in the face, or where is he punching yeah. you? No, you know that wasn't no great question. That was not <laughs> in the joke. One punch from it's Mike gonna Tyson. It's going to be a surprise. <laughs> you want to be punched you just pick it uh, i don't know i feel like so i can take one the arm from mike but yeah i know once you said that now i go yeah that's that's true but i i would also fight a buddy of mine for 10 rounds probably but i don't know it's it's pretty even if he, if mike's hit me in the arm It would be unique, right? Like I got hit by Mike Tyson. Not too many people get to say that. So that's true. All right, Brandon from uh, Tim's. I don't know. I could probably use a good two or three day nap. So I might take a, a punch from Mike Tyson. <laughs> might get me away from my kids for a minute. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Did Nick run away or is Nick still here? He's putting his nachos in. What's up, man? Uh, well, they're in the oven now. I would just take a – I would go 10 rounds with my best friend because, like, my best friends are always, like, twice my size. They're either really tall and, and, and lanky, kind of like Gumby, or they're massive, like 300, 400 pounds and can't move quickly. I'm a very <laughs> small human. I'm, like, 5'4". I'm pretty agile. I can just – I'm not worried, man. I got this. But my size – no, man, that, that's instant death. I'm not I'm, – no. You're going to dance like a butterfly and sting like a bee, huh? 
<laughs> no, I'm saying dance like a butterfly. I can't. I can't fight. All right, Chase. Uh, closing thoughts, and uh, what's your answer to the tab out question? Yeah, we, yeah, we, me and a friend go fight because yeah, I'm messing Mike Tyson. Uh, I, I love the detail after the uh, encounter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so closing thoughts. Uh, anything you want to share? Uh, any you know suggestions for people if they want? You know, we're big on what we talk about. If you have an idea, how to go after your idea? That's something what you did. You know, uh, any. Any last thoughts to, to help anybody else out that has anything, right? It doesn't have to be a product. It could be an mm -hmm. idea of going to, you know, maybe call on a new account or they have an idea that maybe they want to start offering a different type of service. You know, it could, it could be all kinds yeah. of things. You know, my ideas a lot of times as a mobile detailer was, you know, could I go to this, you know, uh, this place and clean car? Could I go there? Could no. I, you know, it was all of these, you know, when I'm rolling around, I'm trying to figure out, where could I go next? What could I do? You know, and you always have to create ideas. You always have to keep them going, like you said. So, you yeah. know, once you create that idea and you went through a process of getting to it. So closing thoughts on recommendations for anybody that has an idea and wants to fulfill it. Yeah. I'll say uh, don't wait for the perfect time to mm. start something because that perfect time will never, ever come. Like you can, you can shoot for, you know, a time that's better than where you are right now, but the, the, the perfect time to start something will never come. So you, you just need to, if you think of it, start pushing towards finishing it because a lot of the like, main difference between like a person that's successful and someone who is tr uh, going for success is that a person that's successful actually started something and they finished it. You know, even if it's not the perfect thing that you are trying to go for, if you finish it, a lot of times, if you put effort into getting there, you're not going to want to see it fail, you know? So you will find that, that internal drive to not see whatever you started fail. So, I mean, me personally, like that's something that I had, to, I had to get over was, you know, the, the, the perfect time, perfect product, perfect everything, but you will, you will have to settle for something that's, that's slightly less than perfect. You can still be great, but everything will never just be perfect. And whatever you choose to go into, know it i mean do your research and be able to speak on it you know you know factually and you know be able to stand behind it 100 percent because a lot of times you know people will will talk and talk and talk but they but they really don't back it they're saying it just just to get a dollar and that dollar will never come back from the same person again if, if they don't have that if they didn't build that credibility so to keep it going you know you gotta be true be truthful you know just stick with it. It's, it's not going to be quick most times. So just stick with it, you know, and push. I mean, f finish something, finish it. All right, man. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on. And uh, we really appreciate learning more about you, who you are, but also, man, uh, like I've said, and what you heard, I mean, I'm sure you know it, right? I mean, everybody loves your product. So, you know, it, great job, man. That That's really Thank cool. I, I'm super proud, happy for you and just pumped, man. That's That's cool. Thank you. And yeah. shout out to Ian as well. He's my distributor out in California. <laughs> oh, okay. I wonder, yeah, yep. Ian hops on randomly and I, I always wonder why. And so that's, okay. So that's why I hopped on because he's distributing your product out there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. It's, 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 yeah, I have nine, 19 distributors right now worldwide. So it's, it's, it's slowed down since COVID, but, uh, but it's, 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 it's definitely uh, gaining some, 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 some legs around the world. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you. And Wes, this, 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 one's, this one's yours. I'm, I'm going to send it out to you, Wes. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, so oh, yeah. I've been looking for your feedback. <laughs> Sweet. Nicely Real done. Quick. All right. Let's close down. Brandon, thanks so much for hopping on. Uh, Wes, good to see you. Cody, thank you so yeah. much. Uh, Brandon, always great to see you, man. Paul, uh, can't see you anymore. It's dark, but... Uh, <laughs> But man, thanks thanks for all your input and hopping in. Nick, I uh, hope those nachos turn out really great. My closing thoughts, Jace, um, I agree, man. It, many times when we have ideas, sometimes that idea can come into fruition. Sometimes it can't. The, the struggle, I think, for many of us when we have an idea is, starts with insecurities. How do I actually do it? And maybe even some self-doubt that they could complete it. I know as you were probably talking to all the different people and getting no's, 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 I would imagine, right, at some point creeped in your mind, well, maybe it just isn't going to work. I've had those thoughts all the time. I think everybody that has an idea that puts it out into a business with ebbs and flows of the way business goes, there's always going to be questions. Could I complete it? Could this actually happen? I struggle with that even on a weekly, daily basis for the stuff that we're trying to put out because hmm. we're trying to do stuff completely different than the rest of the industry. And so the, the idea that you can just go through something and push through and make it 100%, Jace, you're one of the only people I've known that, that actually have gotten to do that. Most everybody else just has these massive, massive struggles, but you had four years of prepping, right? So you took yeah. your time and you positioned yourself in such a way to make sure that you had the optimal success. Not everybody gets to put themselves in that situation. So taking a page from your book would be a great thing for many of us that have ideas and wanna push through is understanding what it takes on the inside and how long it might take you to push through to get your overall goal done. So Jace, man, thanks again for your time and uh, really appreciate everybody hopping on. We'll see you all next week in the community. Thank you for the opportunity. Good seeing you, Marty. Good seeing you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Seeing you, everyone. Thanks. Good night. Everybody. All right, fellas. Hey, Detailers. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. What do you do now? Well, hopefully you can go leave a comment under our IG. Hopefully you'll give us some feedback on what you love about the podcast. And hopefully you'll give us a review. You know. Five stars doesn't hurt, but we'll take one if that's all you got. <laughs> hey, this is Marshall, Total Auto Solutions. Make it a great day.